The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, Tommy Dreamer, Bully Ray, and I discuss all about AEW Dynamite from last night. Jericho of Honor. That's right. Chris Jericho, your Ring of Honor champion. We get into his match with Bandito. Also, we get into Soraya addressing the women's division, and a big segment on Wheeler, Yuta, and MJF. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. The era of Ring of Jericho has begun. Jericho last week attacks Kerry Silken, and then last night, Bobby Cruz. We reached out to Bobby Cruz. He's okay, unable to join us. Bobby Cruz was actually going to join us this morning. We had to obviously cancel that because of what happened last night. Uh, with Jericho, so we wish him well. Bobby Cruz, good friend of the show. But uh, what do you think, Bully, of Jericho's comments after that match where he is going to desecrate the memory of Ring of Honor? I love it. It's great. Key word that he used, destroy. Destroy. I love the fact that Jericho wants to be the black cloud that looms over Ring of Honor's history. So many diehard <clears throat> wrestling fans love Ring of Honor and are so pissed off that Chris Jericho is now the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. So pissed off that guys like me are saying the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship is now more credible than it has ever been because of Chris Jericho. And now he wants to wipe it out. This is going to be an awesome um, opportunity for all of Ring of Honor to come together to try to take Chris Jericho down. Try to take down the Jericho Appreciation Society. I think it's going to put more eyes on Ring of Honor because of Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho will do for Ring of Honor, the brand Ring of Honor, what Christian was able to do for a guy like Jungle Boy, get it over. And in turn, probably get every Ring of Honor guy over in the process. Maybe even to go as far as to say, I will face every Ring of Honor guy and I will beat every Ring of Honor guy until that one Ring of Honor guy finally steps up to defeat Chris Jericho. Yeah, um, I'm wondering who that person is. Who is the face 
synonymous with Ring of Honor. Um, but I do love the angle. It does, you know, if Jer- you're, you're first of all, you're stepping in the ring with uh, Chris Jericho. Like we said, Bandito got over in that match. Whoever, if it's going to be, and I see former Ring of Honor champions uh, tweeting about it. And who's that person going to be to step up? Because once what, what Bully's also talking about, it gets the brand recognition and gets you support behind this brand that really doesn't have a television home. It just has the home around the waist of Chris Jericho. So it's a good question. Who could be that person? Is it a Samoa Joe? I mean, Samoa. you know, a Jay Lethal. I mean, there are people affiliated with AEW right now that I would probably put on that Mount Rushmore of Ring of Honor talent. Could it be, you know, a Brian Danielson? There are names out there, Bully, that could be that savior that challenges Jericho for the ROH honor, so to speak. I like Jericho and Samoa Joe. I, even though I know Jericho and Lethal would be a great match, I don't like the fact that Lethal uh, tapped out to Jungle Boy uh, a couple of weeks ago. I don't think they have huge plans for Lethal, although they could heat him up again. Danielson, an obvious answer, but we've seen uh, uh, BD and Jericho yeah. a couple of times yeah. already, but he definitely could be the guy. Or maybe it's the sleeper ring of honor guy that steps up to the plate. Who that is, I'm not quite sure. What I'm saying is they have an opportunity here for an entire company to band together to go up against Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society. And everybody can be made in the process. Tommy, you know what I'm talking about. Dave, who's your Mount Rushmore of Ring of Honor? I would, you'd have to put the Briscoes on there. Uh, you have to put Lethal. I would put Lethal on there. I would put Samoa Joe on there and, and probably Brian Danielson. But another name that is affiliated with AEW would be CM Punk. I mean, if, if CM Punk was ever to come back into the fold and go face off to Chris Jericho, that could be something. But I don't know if that could actually happen somewhere down the road. I don't, I get that they work there, but I'm talking about the, you know, Sting was WCW. John Cena has been the face of WWE. I don't know if there was a face of Ring of Honor. No, I, mean, I, I don't. I, I don't think so, Bully. I mean, you were with Ring of Honor for a time as well, like, and Bully, you were a part of Ring of Honor when Ring of Honor was probably at its hottest and most popular. You were at well. That's at what time. I did for the company. I brought it to new heights and I brought it to Madison Square Garden. You sold out Ooh. Madison Square Garden, but you know, but you know what I'm saying. That was at a time with the Bucks and with Cody and with Kenny. And with Hangman Page, I mean, a lot of the top stars that you're seeing in AEW right now was a part of that company, Ring of Honor, when it was at its hottest point. But I don't know if any of those particular people, especially now with AEW over the last three years, and by the way, next week is going to be the three-year anniversary of AEW Dynamite. I don't know if any of them are the face. And Tommy makes a good point. Even that Mount Rushmore, like I mentioned, like a Punk and a Danielson and and a Jay Lethal and a Samoa Joe. I don't know if you would classify any of those wrestlers as, quote unquote, the face of Ring of Honor. Like Tommy said, like Sting was for WCW back in the day. Much like ECW, there was no one particular face of the company. Same thing with Ring of Honor. And and, and like I was there for three years and I and I've seen the company, you know, grow from day one you know, coming out of the ashes of the demise of ECW, you know, the Phoenix rising was ring of honor. Um, It's always been about the ring of honor brand, the Mm -hmm. style in the middle of the ring. 
the passion, the heart. So yeah, there is no one particular guy, but in the, in the midst of a story, you can make that one particular guy. And it could be the most unlikely of heroes. Case in point, last night we saw a Ring of Honor guy in the ring that probably nobody knows, Eli Isom. Uh, he, he lost last night in minutes to, I, I forget, I forget who, who beat him. Yeah, I don't even know if it was, I don't even know if it was a minute last night. But a kid like Eli Isom, could you imagine Jericho going through a Jay Lethal, going through a Samoa Joe, going through um, a, a Brian Danielson, and then all of a sudden, a kid like Eli Isom beats Chris Jericho. Sounds crazy, right? Tommy, how long was it before Mikey Whipwreck even got in one offensive move? Earth to Tommy. I think Tommy froze. Tommy's frozen. Tom. Yeah, I think we lost Tommy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big iceberg. Right but you know there. what, Bully? It, it, took us, it took us five minutes to realize Tom. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I wish people could see what we're seeing right now. Dave, in ECW, Mikey Whipwreck got beat up and beat every single night for one year before he got in one piece of offense. And the place went crazy. And then he eventually rolled up Stone Cold Steve Austin and beat him. This is how you make somebody. I'm just giving you an example. Am I saying Eli Isom is the right guy to beat Chris Jericho at this very moment in time? No, but it's all in how you tell the story and how it unfolds. But, and that's the thing, Bully. It could be anybody at this point, right? I mean, you, you can rewrite history. You know, Tony Khan and AEW own Ring of Honor. I agree with both you and Tommy. There have been some amazing superstars that have crossed the corridor of Ring of Honor, but I don't think they've had that one face. Like I mentioned my Mount Rushmore, but I'm going to ask the nation because I'm a diehard Ring of Honor fan. You know that, Bully. I love Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor was very, very big at the time when this show started for me. I mean, they were the first company to really recognize Busted Open, and we had a great relationship at that time. This is Jimmy Smith, voice of WWE Monday Night Raw and host of Unlocking the Cage on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. And I'm here to let you know that Unlocking the Cage is now available as a podcast. That's right. You'll get my take on the trending stories in combat sports and interviews with some of the biggest names in the fight game. I'm bringing you shows every weekday. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app free for most subscribers. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Soraya said when she took the microphone last night that she was nervous and she was rusty and I think it showed. 
I think for the for the natural progression of it, it was fine because I kind of like her saying, "Man, it's been a while," and I'm actually nervous. And she showed. I think I actually think that was pretty cool. A lot of people online were destroying that segment, and I get it because it didn't really seem to go anywhere. And when she asked for like the women to come out, like the women's division to come out, and you only saw like four women come out, like I think it was probably supposed to go a different way, but. But Tommy, I I have to say I I like the honesty where she was like, you know what, I'm nervous. It's been a while. Being in front of the mic, telling people that you're nervous, man, there's nothing wrong with that's that's real human emotion. Or I haven't felt this feeling in a long, long time. Uh, great to see her. I'm still unsure of her mission statement in the sense of is she going to wrestle? Is she going to, um, is she going to be like a GM of the women's division? I don't know. Um, I think that match was that segment was also there just to set up the tag match. You did hear the nice oh, where could we see a her versus uh, a Soraya versus Britt Baker? And then the other part of this, where you know it's the opposite effect of the die Rocky die when you're in the middle of a interview segment and the head of your division as the heel Britt Baker and they start chanting for Jamie Hader who's the bait who's supposed to be heel she's getting baby face reactions those are bigger things to be like hmm maybe i need to pull the trigger on this and i shouldn't have went back to jamie Hader and Britt baker but again a good problem to have because the best time to turn somebody is when they are hottest or you so know they're going to turn you just don't know when but it, it almost felt like Jamie was going to turn just to, uh, just last week at Grand Slam, and it didn't happen, and the fans wanted to see it. Now the fans are really behind Jamie Hader. As you said, Tommy, they were chanting her name last night. Also, when Soraya said, you know, in reference to Tony Storm, the best AEW women's champion, the fans booed, you know, and it doesn't look good when you have your babyface champion in the middle of the ring with a returning Soraya, and she's actually getting booed by the crowd. It's going to be interesting to see what happens bully in the near future with this women's division. I don't know. Listen, the entire segment for me last night was a little wonky. It was a little flat. It was it a never got choppy. off the ground. It seemed it never did. Yeah. I mean, I do. I, I can't appreciate, uh, uh, Soraya saying, you know, I'm nervous and you know, that's why my promo might be a little off. It's always good to be honest. Um, but she calls out the women's division. And out comes Tony Storm, your women's champion, and four women that I'm not that familiar with. Right? Yes. I felt like the world, the women's world champion was watered down a bit. I'm sorry, Ember Moon was there. Uh, what, what is she calling herself now? Athena. Athena, Athena. Athena was there. I'm familiar with Athena. Willow Nightingale right. was one of the women out there as well. I thought the women's world champion should have gotten her own entrance, should have been featured a little bit more. I don't think Tony Storm is an uber priority right now i think she is i think they double parked that championship on her despite the fact that i think she's trying her absolute damnedest um i it felt weird when soraya called tony storm over to her in the ring and tony storm did not come forward she just stood in her place then out comes Britt baker who soraya can say this is my house or i own this house or blah 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 all you want it's Britt Baker's women's division. Thus, Britt gets the response that she got. And like you said, Dave, never really got off the ground. 
because I didn't know what the purpose was of the segment. That's why and I think like, people, I think people were hoping that Soraya was going to say that she's going to wrestle again. And they didn't get that. That's true. Hopefully uh, next week is a better showing. She Listen, ring rust doesn't only happen in the ring. It can happen on the mic as well. And I think last night we experienced a little bit uh, from Soraya, but the Philly crowd was quite forgiving. And you also can't say this is your house if you're not wrestling. Um, you have to, or you can't say you're the revolution or you're going to be part of another revolution and I'm going to help lead the charge because I am going to like be the GM of the women's division or something like that. And when right off the bat, we want to see her wrestle and the line um, about being broken, but like coming like she's broken, but she's okay. Uh, that would be, it's a, it's a hell of a line. It got a great reaction, but then it's like, I mean, like Bully said, and we want to see her wrestle. Hey everyone, I'm Brad the Big Noise Evans from the Sawdust Podcast Network. Throughout the week, we're providing you with a vast array of betting and fantasy insight, advice, and analysis. Check out our library of podcasts, including Fade the Noise with me and the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. Fantasy Fast Track with me and Brandon Fun Buns Funston. Any up with Howard Bender and Adam Ronis and Sticks and Stacks with Sean Drotar. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Hearing from Wheeler Yuta, the first thing I thought of, Bully, were your comments last week on Wheeler Yuta. I didn't think Wheeler Yuta had a strong night at Grand Slam in Queens, New York last week. But you, Bully, were like, man, you know what? I thought he stood up to MJF, a little bit toe-to-toe with MJF, and got some good jabs in. I I really thought that Wheeler Yuta, once again, last night, had a had a very good night on the microphone, and even after he finished with his promo. Your thoughts, Bully? Well, remember, Dave, last week, I didn't think that Wheeler Yuta was able to stand toe-to-toe with uh, MJF on the mic. He was able to go the distance. Okay. Just like point. Rocky was able to go the distance with Apollo Creed. In no way, no way in hell did Rocky stand toe-to-toe with Apollo, but he got that one shot in, in the first round that caught, you know, uh, Apollo, you know, off guard and, and, and put him down. And then Rocky was just able to hang in there, able to hang in there. And that's what Wheeler was able to do with MJF last week. This week, Wheeler comes out in his hometown and you got to be very careful because when you're a talent like Wheeler Uter, who is not nearly as over as MJF is, if you start taking shots at a talent that people love to hate, they may start to really hate you. 
And this is what we saw last night. Yuta was going after MJF and the people were pseudo booing him. They kind of weren't on board, weren't on board. Then MJF comes out. Then we get the back and forth. And then he hits the line about, you know, uh, you're going to bleed on Broad Street. I'm paraphrasing here. And then the people were totally behind him. And one of the things that MJF did last night that not enough heels are doing today is he sold the line. When Wheeler Yuta hit the line about making him bleed on Broad Street, MJF's eyes got wide open and he started to back away like, holy shit, this guy means business. MJF sold it. Too many times these days, we're getting heels doing that old school NWO shit where they're like, ooh. If the heel isn't selling what the baby face is spitting, then why should the why should the people believe in what the baby face is saying? Remember when, when people would say sup, stuff to the NWO and Scott Hall, God rest his soul, love Scott. Scott would just, you know, he could put his hands up and shake his yep. fingers and be like, ooh. People, people were, were more behind Scott than they were the baby face. So kudos to MJF for selling the line because in selling the line, he helps Wheeler get over. And, and, and Tommy, oh, go ahead, Tommy. I was also going to say kudos to MJF for not hitting his catchphrase and telling the fans that they didn't deserve to hear his catchphrase and then having uh, the gun club do it. Um, <clears throat> Bully's point, yes, Wheeler Yuta got another shot on the mic in his hometown. It was a very good scenario for him. Did he fail? No. He went the distance again, but then what does Wheeler Yuta get over with? His wrestling. He got over with, you know, bleeding buckets uh, in his match. And then he was like kind of solidified within, hey, this is going to be a guy here. He's going to be a player. And then uh, when he just showed up on the back end of the other segment um, where he shows up with MJF in that luxury box, man, <clears throat> I loved it. And then that brawl beat him up. He's going to do his talking next week in the ring where he should shine. And if I would make two suggestions – and this is for wrestlers. A microphone is here to make your voice louder. You don't always need to yell in it. And number two, next week, he's going to have to out time, out, at times out-heal MJF to get over in another harder city of D.C. Yelling into the microphone is a mistake that a lot of younger talent make. You don't have to yell into the microphone and it will make when you do yell into the microphone mean that much more. Like if Wheeler Yuta would have not yelled so much before the blood on Broad Street line, that line would have meant even more because that's where you have gear changes in wrestling. You need gear changes in the ring. You need gear changes on the mic gear changes in your volume gear changes in your tone gear changes in your inflection gear changes in your facials wheeler yuda was in fifth gear the whole time if wheeler would have started in first shifted it to second yada yada and then when he gets to the blood on broad street line hit fifth gear Wow, now as the audience, you feel that welling up of emotion. It's a slow boil. Put a pot of water on the stove, turn the gas on, you know, 
turn it on really, really high. It just doesn't boil in an instant. It's the slow boil that means everything. It's all about the buildup, Dave. And once you get the buildup is right, the finish means that much more. Wink, wink. And if you're in fifth the whole time, and if you take it all the way down to first, and it's intensity, and, you know, a, a famous line, go ahead, make my day. Uh, you know, he's yelling, yelling, yelling. And I swear to God, I'm going to make you bleed on Broad Street. The people are like, oh, shit, this is real. Kind Imagine of like, Jake oh, Roberts. Ahead. Imagine Jake Roberts hitting the bleed on Broad Street line. It would feel and mean that much more because of the way Jake spoke. And the art of promo, Bubba just straight up gave you a quick master's class about the art of the promo, where you take it. And it's exactly what he also said. It's just like a good match. If you're going to start a match super duper hot, you better make sure you continue that match super duper hot. When I see matches start with a dive and then later on they go into a headlock, eh, you started with a dive. When wrestlers start their comeback by going off the top rope and then it's cl a clothesline, it should have been built differently. Same you know, with the I've learned so much from you guys. And, you know, we do that master's class that drops each and every Sunday on the Busted Open podcast where you talk about things like this. For me as a fan, I learn. And you guys are great teachers. And I've learned a lot while I'm watching wrestling after listening to you, Bully, and you, Tommy, and, of course, Mark Henry as well. And one of the things that I noticed, and you've talked about the art of the promo before on the master's class, one thing I loved about that MJF wheeler Utah back and forth from last night is that the you know, pretty much the entire time their eyes were locked and it didn't feel like, and we get this a lot in promos in all of wrestling. It's like, now it's your turn to talk. Then you finish talking. Now it's my turn to talk and vice versa. I didn't feel that last night in that promo between MJF and Wheeler Yuta. It felt like they were really interlocked with one another and they were listening. Uh, bully. Uh, but great that, that's saying a lot for Wheeler Yuta. Yes because he doesn't get a lot of time on the mic and he had a good rhythm flow and cadence with MJF, who's a, a, a young master. So th just that sentence, I don't realize, I don't think you realize how much you're putting Wheeler Yuta over. And it's deservedly. I'm, I'm watching it. Oh, go ahead. No, but really quick, Tommy, I'm watching the segment back right now. Wheeler Yuta's eyes never go off MJF. MJF, it's a different story because MJF's playing off the crowd. He's mocking the crowd. But from the minute MJF walks to that entrance ramp, Wheeler Yuta's locked into MJF the entire time. He's not walking. He's not pacing back and forth thinking about the next thing to say. He's completely locked into MJF. Like you just said, boy, I can't give higher praise than that. Tommy. Uh, agreed. But you also, you know, what Bully said as well with Wheeler Yuta, he's just getting these reps. Think about MJF's reps. He's been there with Cody. He's been there with Punk. He's been there with Kingston. He's been there with Jericho. These are This is where you learn. Bully and I had the, the opportunity to come back and we'd get coached by who? Paul Heyman. For me personally, I got coached by Mick Foley, Paul Heyman, and Terry Funk. How am I not going to be better on the microphone? Shane Douglas, you know, had Paul Heyman helping him coach as well when he was already a good talker but Shane had all this angst about him about what was going on in the industry that he will get better he he's hanging he's going the distance in the sense of taking it but yet coming back and next week he's going to have that other opportunity to do where he does his stuff the best in the ring 
Tommy, let me ask and, you this. You mentioned no. about screaming right from the get-go. Why, why, you know, you talked about the inexperience that he might have on the microphone. Why, did, why do you think he does that? Why do you think, like, right off the bat, he doesn't build up to it? He's screaming from moment one on the microphone like he did last night. Dave, when I used to cut promos, I could go back and show you them. I used to talk fast because I did not like speaking. I was uncomfortable with speaking publicly. So if I had to do it because it's part of my job, I would say my message fast. Hey, this is Tommy Dreamer. Coming up next, Taz, you're going to be facing me and uh, I'm going to take you to the extreme because I, I got it done. I did it, but it was inexperience and it was a bit of fear. And you will learn how to keep an audience with a microphone. If you ever see people when they're first, you know, even a, a great singer, he'll sit there and when they first go out, they're not as polished. They'll sit there and do their song. But then if they become this great performer, hey, how you doing, baby? How you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I'm talking to Elvis. Or you'll you'll embrace the audience, your pause, you'll wink at the crowd, you'll do little things. Same if you're a comedian. Hey, you got a set when you're first starting. You got three minutes. Get that audience over. And then if you become a headliner, you could I mean, think of Andrew Dice Clay. He literally would stop, drink whatever he was drinking, smoke a cigarette, take his time to light that cigarette because he got that over. But that wasn't early Andrew Dice Clay. Or if it's Dave Chappelle, <laughs> when you laugh at your own joke or you have that stuff, that's part of your act. That's not you popping yourself. Those are rest periods, those things. Or that's also things of how you try to remember stuff. Uh, again, it, these are new reps for somebody and how to control an audience. Dave, the, the sickness known as my brain um, I have from last night and I wrote them down on a, on a pad downstairs. I had wrote six lines that I can shoot at MJF and destroy him on the microphone where I would laugh to wait to see his comeback. And that was, and I don't even work there, but I had six lines ready in the chamber for him. And it was hey, this is for Philadelphia. If I was in Philadelphia going against MJF where I got this, this, and this, an entire story for MJF and myself. Don't think I'll ever use it, but just this is how I, this is how I think, or I'm also thinking for Wheeler Yuta because I've been that kid in Philadelphia. I've been that kid that the people like, but you're not really, really over yet. And I saw things in him that I was like, God, I wish this kid did this, especially here. And this is his hometown. And he could be the next, uh, for Philadelphia. And it's not just, I did the same for Eddie Kingston uh, in Rampage and Grand Slam. That's how I think. And I know Bully will be like, eh, what if he did this? What if he did that? Blah, 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 blah. Then he moves forward. I write it down so I always remember it. Dave, you had asked Tommy about why, you know, younger talents scream on the mic, why they rely on that. Younger talents scream on the mic or inexperienced talents scream on the mic for the same reason that younger or inexperienced talent just do spot after spot after spot. They think by screaming, it's going to get the reaction that they want. They're relying on yelling and screaming because they think if I yell and scream, the people will think that, you know, I'm really passionate about something and they'll, they'll react to it. Same reason why talent relies on spots. They're not comfortable sitting in a hold sit in a hold experience what it's like to sit in a hold and have the people chant boring because there's only one place to go from there and that's up my point don't be afraid to talk at this level a good promo starts right here and it tells a story and it tells a story from the heart 
And you never really have to think about the promo because when you speak from the heart, you speak honestly. And in speaking honestly, you start to well up inside and you feel the emotion get the better of you. And as that emotion takes over you, you realize just how much this match really means to you. You realize that the guy standing across from you hurt you and did wrong by you and your family. And that's why on a certain date, you're going to make sure you get your revenge. And that's how you do a good promo. And that's how you suck the people in. And that's how you bring them on an emotional ride. Now, I just cut a promo. I'm cutting a promo. <laughs> I'm cutting a promo. Tommy was excellent at it in ECW. I mean, we we all in certain in certain ways became true masters of the roller coaster ride. Raven, uh, so, so, so underrated when it came to the promo. And Raven never yelled. Tommy, I mean, I don't remember him maybe once or twice hitting one line in which he yelled. When he expresses ultimate ha ultimate hatred for me. The, 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 you know, the, the best, the guy, Dave, you know this, the, the men and women who made the most money in this business, and I'm going to say more men than women, um, never relied on the moves in the ring it was all about the promo and the better promo, the better speaker, the more emotional connection you had with an audience, the less you had to do in a ring. Case Dave. in point, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, who didn't do a fucking thing in the ring because he didn't have to. He had it down to the elbow of figure four, a flip-flop and fly. Austin had it down to a Fez press and a stunner. Rock had it down to a, a people's elbow and a rock bottom. Hulk had it down to big boot, fire up, big boot cover, you know, one, two, three. Go ahead, Tommy. Um, I was going to say, you know, on Monday, we also spoke with Mark about The Rock and they used to travel together and Rock would be uh, writing stuff down and Mark would be like, enough already, man. Like, uh, but that was what he was doing. But think of who he became. And, and as much as you prepare for a match is as much as you have to prepare for a promo segment. And it's, I want to hit this, this, and this. And if you mess something up or, you know, when we're talking about the, the live theater with um, when we had the, the guests come on and, if you flub a line or if you can't remember it, it can spiral. But then how do I get it back? That's uh, somebody missing a spot in the ring. But then how do, because you control that. And, and you know what? Another thing, and this goes back to Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon used to have promo class. And in the developmental system, they have promo class. And if I look around that locker room, okay, I have Arn Anderson in that back. A man who said a lot of important things. Another great promo, Taz, another great promo. He did it differently, but was JR. There's all these people that made money speaking. And then, or I have the Jericho. I have these guys that I can rely to. These are the people that you go to and you have your own promo class. Or you, I see people all the time going over their promos in their head when they have to go out there and do them. But 
If I'm there, I'm doing my promo in the car. I'm doing my promo in the shower. I'm doing my promo. Like I said, I'm literally writing down stuff for Wheeler Yuta in my own home last night because I want to see that kid succeed. I, but really quick, Bully, before you come in, because I think this is important. Like, because I feel, I feel like you're giving, you both are given a lesson, a lesson not only to us as fans watching, but hopefully Wheeler Yuta is listening to this show right now. Because Hang I'm very, Dave. You have you've you've spoken to your bosses, right? You've yes. also had presentations with merchandise here at SiriusXM. Yes. There's people at home that listen to the show that have to do oral presentations for their job. Correct? Yes. That's cutting promos. These I'm not talking about light. If you go in there and you're fumbling or you're like, is your boss going to give you a, prom- a promotion? No. If you're going to come in there and talk about, hey, this is the best damn product, blah, 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 blah. You're going to get a promotion. This is why wrestling is real life. Well, I, but I also think, too, to your point, Tommy, and what Bully was saying before, if you go into your boss's office and you start screaming, you know, your boss is going to be like, <laughs> whoa, take, you know, take, take it back. But if you're talking about, like, let's just use an example, Busted Open. Hey, you know, we, we have this show. It's amazing. We have this great big fan base. And as you're talking about it, your voice starts to rise and you start getting a little bit more passionate as you're talking because that emotion is coming out of you. I think the audience that's listening to you, they're going to take hold of that as well and go along for the ride. But let me ask you both this. If Bully, if you and Tommy, if you, if you are working with AEW, if you are employed by AEW, and Wheeler Yuta came in the back after cutting that promo. Would you would you take him aside and would you say, "Gosh, that was good. You you have all the ingredients, but this is how you should lay it out the next time." Would you have that discussion with with a, a Wheeler Yuta? I don't Tommy. know him. I don't know him. Mm-hmm. If it was my job, and it was my segment as a producer, yes. If, uh, like, I don't know him personally. What I'm saying is if I knew if I knew him personally, I would. If it's my job to, yes. If it's not, I'm not, because then I'm also stepping on the toes of somebody else, which is something you have to watch. Again, I don't I don't work there. But No, but I'm just saying what I, I if, have, if you know, were what I'm saying, I, I have I have and still do, I call it holding people's hands mm-hmm. and talk to them about their promos throughout i work in impact it's part of my job and at my job when i do that i can oversee everybody's promos but i can't because of time but if people ask me to watch it i do and then if i can't watch it live i go but i and i watch it on the screener and then i give them their critique bully repeat the question i just said if Judging from what you saw last night and seeing that the ingredients are there, but it just needs to be laid out a little bit different. Like you talked about, you know what? The passion is there, but let's build towards that, you know, crescendo, like a crescendo up until that passionate plea by Wheeler Yuta at the end of that promo. If you worked for AEW, would you would you go up to Wheeler Yuta and say, man, you're killing it. I love what you're doing, but this is how you should Lay it out. Because I'm just interested because after hearing what you and Tommy said about Wheeler Yuta's promo, I'm actually, next week, I'm curious if we see a little bit of a difference in his promo next week if he's on the microphone. I approach talent and give them advice based on how I see them handle and carry themselves backstage and how they 
deal with and handle advice from others. There are some talent who, and Tommy knows this, they'll come up to you all humble and they'll be like, um, can you please listen to my promo or can you watch my match please and give me some feedback? Sure. You watch the match, you listen to the promo, you give the feedback that you know will help that talent. And then the talent does nothing with it as if you never said a word to them. That's fake humble in the wrestling business and I can't stand that. Because if you come up to me, if you come up to Tommy and you ask for advice on a promo or a match, I guarantee you we're going to give you one thing that you should be trying or doing or saying that will work for you. So would I go up to Willie Yuta? Absolutely, because I feel like that's a guy that wants to learn. And I would tell him about the volume. I would say, start here, build up. And I would also tell him, be careful what you say about MJF, because as much as they hate them, hate him, they love him. And you're not as big of a star as he is. So the shots that you take at him could be perceived or taken in a negative way. And you heard that last night. Don't believe me? Go back and listen to Yuta's promo. People were booing at certain times. They were cheering at certain times. Then we got the blood on Broad Street Line and they were there for it. So yes, when it comes to certain talent, I, I do approach certain talents, but then there are talents, Dave, and I, th there's so many of them who take your advice and they just wipe their backside with it. And you know what? I might've done the same thing when I was younger also, because it just didn't work for me. If, if I go to a veteran, if I go to Ric Flair tomorrow and I go, hey, Rick, can you give me some advice on this promo? What can I say or this match? What can I say, about, you know, do different, yada, yada. And Rick says, Bubba, do A, B, and C. And then I go out there and I try A, B, and C. And it doesn't work for me. I'm going back to Ric Flair and I'm saying, hey, Rick, just so you know, thank you very much for the advice. I tried A, B, and C. It just didn't work for me. I'm not going to go out there and not do what he said, especially when I asked for the advice. At least I'm going to go back to him with the level of respect and say, I tried it. It didn't work for me. Now I leave the door open for future advice for Ric Flair because Rick knows I at least had the respect to come back to him and say, thank you for, for, for uh, uh, giving me the advice, but it did not work. This is where respect of the wrestling industry comes in and it is being wa watered down far too much. Far too much. Old school rules have been put in place in this business for a reason. And we're getting too far away from that old school level of respect in the wrestling industry. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. 
Apply today at joindhl.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 